This is Cass Club Radio. Brought to you by Heritage Distilling. On Cairo Radio 97.3 FM. On Cass Club Radio, we believe every spirit has a story. And stories like good drinks are always better when shared with friends. Each week, we'll explore the intersection of cocktails, spirits, beer, wine, and life. It's Cass Club Radio. Here's your hosts, Lydia Cruz and Justin Stiefel. Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of Cast Club Radio. Thank you so much for being here. We're happy to be here. How is everybody's weekend? Enjoying this uh, nice weather we've been having? Beautiful weather. Great Mother's Day weekend uh, last weekend and enjoying the Kick Harbor Beer Fest this weekend. Beautiful times and getting ready for boating season. Yeah, the celebrations just continue. It's pretty nice this time of year. Plus, we get some baseball in the mix. So, And of course, you can't spell baseball without BSB. So... It's, uh, that's true. That it's, has not changed. Yes. <laughs> How was the opening of the Ballard location? How did that go for you guys? It was great. We had a great turnout. We uh, did our usual uh, ceremony where we have a bagpiper kind of announce the opening of the location. He's outside blowing the bagpipes, marches in. Uh, we had a priest inside. He blesses the stills. We cut <laughs> the ribbon. At every location, uh, our kids rotate to cut the ribbon so they all argue about who cut the last one who gets this one who gets the next one Uh, so it's cute it's a cool family tradition and um, you know we had folks from the Ballard Alliance and the core downtown uh, merchant representatives there just excited that we chose to invest in Ballard and they're excited that we're going to be making product there making spirits and uh, we had a lot of customers just come in and say, we're, we're thrilled you're finally open. And how do I sign up for the cast club? And uh, how do I get samples? So we were, we were busy that opening weekend. Well, it makes awesome. sense. You're right. It was, it was the day before Mother's Day. People could come in and get some gifts for that. And so everything uh, went, went well on Mother's Day in your household, Justin? It was good. We went out to Alderbrook Resort, which is one of our favorite places to sneak out to mm-hmm. over in the Hood Canal. It's, uh, we took the ferry from Seattle to Bremerton. Ooh. And from Bremerton, it's about 20 minutes, 25 minutes to Alderbrook. And it's just a beautiful setting on the water. The water was flat. Uh, the tide was perfectly placed. And uh, great drinks around the campfire, great food, great time with family. That sounds perfect. Well, we mentioned the Gig Harbor Beer Festival. Later in the hour, we will get to talk to someone from putting... Uh, John Forsberg from Gig Harbor Brewing. We've actually talked to him before. Yes, perfect. Return guest, John Forsberg. And we'll get to talk to him about that, a great event. But uh, first up, what's in the headline? Well, first up in the news, our friends at Amazon have decided to start a new TV series to make scotch less stuffy. <laughs> and uh, it's a three-part series. It's called The Three Drinkers Do Scotch. It takes viewers on a journey across Scotland to absorb the flavors, culture, and diversity of the nation's famous spirit. The first episode will focus on characteristics and production of scotch. The second will look at the spirit's key regions. And the third TV show will offer a journey through Scotland. And it's slated to air in November 2018. And a quote from one of the folks involved, one of the editors and and photographers and head writers, he says, this is the other side of the all too often snobbish and pretentious way in which drinks are communicated. Scotch has never been promoted through entertainment on a digital platform as the three drinkers are doing so now. So I'm excited to figure out who are these three drinkers, (laughs) what are they about, and what brings them to decide to 
to uh, take on this endeavor. We've talked a lot about branding in the past on this show. Do you think that is a problem with Scotch, that it is an image problem, so to speak, that people think it is too inaccessible or snobbish? I think that the Scotch carries with it this uh, historic notion of a certain demographic of consumer. And if you were to ask, who do you think is the typical average consumer of scotch, uh, you're going to think, oh, it's some white dude who's 65 years old or some rich country club guy or some person in the business world who's going to have a glass of scotch around the kind of the, the boardroom environment. And we're seeing those predetermined concepts about the average scotch drinker broken down. Again, you're seeing more women getting to it. You're seeing more product placement. We talked recently about Johnny Walker coming up with uh, the Jane Walker line in an attempt to appeal to women drinkers and the backlash that came with that. And the trick with scotch is to find the right kind of scotch you like because the type of scotches that range from the uh, traditional blended scotch to the far-reaching, very smoky, very peaty styles, uh, which are kind of esoteric and call for a certain flavor profile that offends many palates and everything that ranges in between. Scotch uh, is something that requires you to have a very open mind and be focused on enjoying it if you've never been exposed to it. And this show will probably break some of those barriers down. That sounds good. You you mentioned uh, taking time to enjoy something. The next news story talks a lot about that. Yeah, the next article we found in Forbes, and uh, it says, how to take a 90-minute lunch break with wine. <laughs> and this is, the basis of the article is about a, an old-school doctor who treats his patients who have heart disease, and his prescription is spend 90 minutes every day having lunch and have at least one glass of wine with every lunch. And uh, he can't technically prescribe it that way, but he says okay. that the 90 minutes, uh, even though it's a long time for lunch these days, we're all very busy, we're all working, we've all got uh, meetings, traffic is hard to get in and around. The 90 minutes lunch break only counts if you really take a break. Step away from your desk, put the phone down, keep it down, uh, sit outside if possible, and uh, you can be alone or with a friend or two, but the key is to have a 90 minutes of concentrated, down, relaxed time, and to have a glass of wine with it. And, and all of the tests that they've done before and after, uh, when they come back to run those tests on, on the people who've been involved in his trials, they perform better on their physical tests after they've had this 90 minutes of rest with a glass of wine. That's pretty incredible. It reminds me kind of of siesta in Spain. Where in Italy, yes, way. yeah, exactly. Where country just sort of shuts down for two hours or so every day, and you can't even go to the store, nothing because people are taking this break. And I think they live a lot healthier lives in a lot of ways, so that's cool. A lot less, a lot less stress, a lot less and stress. Uh, the best, the best thing we found when Jennifer and I were in Italy last is if you time your lunch perfectly you walk into the pizzeria or the restaurant just before siesta starts and you order they will bring you your bottle of wine they'll bring you your food and then they will look around the rest of the restaurants empty and they will say we're closing the door here's the bill we're going home for siesta and uh just make sure the door is locked behind you and pay your bill <laughs> wow. and they literally will leave you in charge of the restaurant by yourself trusting wow. that you will pay <laughs> that cool, is cool amazing yeah yeah what else is going on in the headlines this week? Lastly, Johnny Walker has teamed up with our friends at Game of Thrones. This article also comes from Forbes magazine. And Game of Thrones is right now filming the last season, which is supposed to launch sometime in April of 2019. They're hitting the market with White Walker 
whiskey. And anybody who's a fan of the show knows that the White Walkers are the uh, equivalent of the the, the undead uh, zombie army who mm-hmm. is trying to take over all of uh, humanity in that TV show. My wife and I are big fans, so I'm eager to see how it all ends. Us too. Uh, but Johnny Walker, is. Uh, they recently posted a 20-second video on social media featuring the dramatic Game of Thrones-esque music and punchline. And their twist on the punchline of Winter is Coming is now Scotch is Coming to the Realm This Fall, White Walker by Johnny Walker. The bottles will be released in fall of 2018, just before the show airs next year. It's a limited release of their Scotch, and a dollar will be donated from uh, every bottle to uh, some of the uh, causes that they are trying to support philanthropically. Well, it's pretty cool. The uh, article also mentioned they did something similar with the Blade Runner 2049 film. And uh, I wonder if we could see this as a trend. Speaking of things that people are really into, the royal wedding is coming up. And that is one thing people have gone fanatical over. And they've now inspired some pretty incredible gifts slash merchandise. We'll explain. It's next on Cast Club Radio. Welcome back to Cast Club Radio. We've been celebrating several events here on the show the last couple of weeks, and right now we're headed into wedding season. It's that time of the year. Things are heating up. Things are starting to bloom. We'll be out there on the dance floor for several weddings, but the wedding of all weddings is about to occur. Yes. You guys excited? I'm talking about the royal wedding. <laughs> I uh, actually did not have it on my calendar until uh, you suggested we talk about it in the show. So now it's on my calendar for purposes of discussion. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm right about there with you, Justin. Not necessarily my background, but we do share an office space with a great friend who just can't get enough of the royal wedding. She plans to wake up at 4 a.m., 3 a.m. whenever it's on, watch the entire thing maybe live tweet it, who knows? So clearly this is an interest for a lot of people and merchandise sales would agree with that interest. The Royal Wedding expected to bring in $620 million in tourism money alone. Yeah, there's a a British tour company who's putting together an itinerary for Prince Harry and uh, Meghan Merkel. It's a tour themed based on pivotal spots in their relationship, as reported by the New York Times. It includes stops at the upscale nightclubs that Harry used to frequent, (laughs) which I think is comical because uh, (laughs) I'm not sure that he used to frequent those previous nightclubs with Meghan Markle. No. Probably he had other Mm -mm. dates at the time. So that's an interesting This all sounds uh, very voyeuristic and creepy to me. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, A little bit. A little bit. Uh, Some of the examples of items we found online range from mugs to platters to refrigerator magnets, all kind of small stuff. Uh, British businesses are doing everything they can to profit off of wedding merchandise. And you know, it's really not any different than when we have uh, an inauguration for president in this country every four years. There's tons of merch that gets made, and people want to buy a piece of history. And this, of course, is a piece of history. Yeah, this is just seems a little different, right? Because it's just, at the end of the day, it is two people getting married. But can you imagine just having around your house, like, Megan and Harry wooden spoons, like you're going to cook with for years and years to come to commemorate well, this special day? It's interesting you mentioned that because the wooden spoons are one of the items that you can buy. And uh, there are pictures or photos of their faces 
etched or burnt into the back of the wooden spoons. And these are the wooden spoons that uh, you may be stirring your pasta with or that, you know, my mom may have used on me as I was a kid to uh, enforce certain rules around the house, you know. And I'm not sure how I would feel about a little bit of Prince Harry being in every one of my pasta dishes moving right? forward. Right? Yeah, it's just a little bit awkward. What do you tell to friends when they come over and you're entertaining? You're just stirring with Meghan Markle's face. <laughs> it is a little weird. It's yeah. a little weird, but people will buy it, and uh, it'll pop up on eBay, and then we're going to see what the resale market value is oh, yeah. of these things, right? Uh, the other one that caught our attention was a cereal. This is a uh, something that's called Wedding Rings. <laughs> it looks like Cheerios, but apparently the uh, multigrain hoops are actually in the shape of wedding rings, and there's a picture, a cartoon picture of uh, uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle um, all dressed up for the official wedding day on the front of the cereal box. I'm not sure that kids will have a real appreciation for what they're eating in the morning when if someone were to pour them a bowl of wedding rings cereal. That also is a little creepy. No, but our aforementioned co-worker, Stacey Rost, when I showed her this, actually got excited. I think she wants yeah. to get a collector's edition cereal box to keep on her desk, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Another example of something we found was the adult coloring book. I don't know if you've been tracking the adult coloring book craze of uh, the last year or two. Mm -hmm. uh, parents, you know, adults use adult coloring as a way of kind of internal therapy to escape the ways of, and all the responsibilities of adulthood or adulting. And uh, now there's a coloring book for adults to celebrate the wedding of Harry and Meghan. Again, an item that I probably am not going to buy. Wow. I wanted to do a little research just to, to, to see by comparison. So I looked up the last royal wedding because I remember how big that was when it happened. Kate and Prince William. I thought there could never be anything bigger than that. And according to at the time, this is from the Telegraph in the UK, the estimated boost to the British economy was upwards of 620 million pounds, which is absolutely nuts. Yeah. And of, of course, here, Megan is an American. And so you have this cross the pond um, interest level that is peaked on both sides, which is, again, the example of your coworker there at the radio station <laughs> yeah. being fascinated by uh, this event that's about to take place. Now, is this going to spill over into the wine, beer, spirits when we talk about the merchandise? Are, is there themed, themed Megan and uh, Harry drinks? Well, you know... If there wasn't, we wouldn't be talking about it on this radio show. There it this is. Radio show yeah. All about the intersection of beer, wine, spirits, and cocktails, right? So, and, and royal uh, a couple wedding. of examples we found. <laughs> That's right. There is a Strongbow uh, hard cider. Strongbow is an English brand of uh, hard apple cider. They are releasing a new rose apple hard cider with a limited edition royal rose teacup set. This actually is, uh, it looks very nice. The box, the presentation, the tea set looks very upscale. Uh, this is actually something I could see somebody having as just kind of an interesting talking point for their home. On the front of the box, though, it says, experience rosé the UK way. So it's quite a bit of a rhyming in there. And uh, it was designed by Stanley Chow and uh, the English China House in collaboration with Strongbow. Yeah, this is the first one that doesn't yeah, seem that weird to me. This looks nice. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, it's, it's actually a very classy presentation, and uh, they're piggybacking on the rosé uh, trend right now uh, in cider and, and wine especially. And uh, the last item we found is the Royal Wedding Beer made by Windsor & Eaton. It's being called Harry and Meghan's Windsor Knot. Oh, uh, the new beer is a special limited edition of their best-selling Windsor Knot. 
which was first brewed for the marriage of Harry's brother Will. And just like the original Windsor Knot, uh, the Pale Ale will be the only royal wedding beer brewed in Windsor. The new beer was inspired by the first public appearance together of the couple at the Invictus Games in Toronto last year. Uh, Prince Harry was pivotal in creating the Invictus Games, and so they're using British hops called Invicta, and they're combining that with some of the hops from the west coast of America, because again, Megan is an American citizen. And uh, they use barley grown locally on the Royal Farms in Windsor, and as a finishing touch, they're using champagne yeast and they think that marrying those ingredients together will create a pale ale that in their words is young fresh full of character the beer is available in 330 milliliter size bottles and is a four and a half percent abv alcohol by volume i would imagine that's a pricey beer it probably will be limited <laughs> edition and uh, all the stuff that goes into making it and of course um, uh, just the fact that it's the only beer being brewed in Windsor, people will uh, buy it, sit on it, and uh, if they wait too long, it will not taste very good because <laughs> beer doesn't age that well in cans or bottles. But clearly a lot of thought put into this with the specific ingredients that they picked out, the location of it. Yes, that makes sense, and look, that looks like it's going to be top-notch in both production and presentation, and uh, that's the kind of thing you would expect to see at an event like this. Again, the wooden spoons with their faces emblazoned on the back, probably mm -hmm. less so. Well, I'm out on those. Well, no yeah. royal wedding super fans in this group, but if you're listening no. and you are, there you go. There's yeah. some new information for you. Well, we did find some <laughs> stuff that we thought was appropriate, I think, so yeah. we're, we're not bashing the wedding. We're just oh, saying no. that uh, some people are taking advantage of it monetarily in a way that doesn't make a lot of sense, i.e. the wooden cooking spoons. <laughs> well, something that does make sense is drinking beer for a good cause, and you can do that today in Gig Harbor. John Forsberg of Gig Harbor Brewing Company joins us to talk about it next. Welcome back to Cast Club Radio. Right now, we are speaking with John Forsberg, owner of Gig Harbor Brewing. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. You guys have an amazing event going on, the Gig Harbor Beer Festival today. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Well, the festival uh, has been going on for seven years, and it's a wonderful time out here. It's the unofficial kickoff of summer here in the harbor, and we're at Uptown Gig Harbor. We have about 25 brewers out here serving uh, at least 65-plus beers. There's three live bands. Kristen Marlowe opened up the music entertainment this afternoon, followed by uh, Surf. Surf Wax America, they're a Weezer cover band, and then Beer Festival favorite Rusty Cleavers are playing our headlining today, and we're really looking forward to hearing them play. Well, that sounds pretty great. You get all the things that we like in one location, music, great beer, and sunshine. What, what have you really seen grown with the festival over the last couple of years? Just the, the sophistication of the attendees and how they talk about beer and the questions that they ask and what they expect from the brewers. They really, they really keep the brewers on their toes as far as uh, coming up with new recipes and new tastes and uh, different directions for classic beers. Um, it's really uh, grown over the last seven years. When we first started, we only had 11 brewers, and now we're up to uh, 26 plus so plus heritage distillery is out here today 
too. So uh, they're always tons of fun with their mini cocktails and a very popular booth. We always win uh, the best beer award, even though we're not making beer. You know, we somehow BSB always tends to make it to the top. You always of the get the list most. You always get choice. the most votes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, John, in the last seven years, uh, how much increase in attendance have you seen? We've seen a steady growth over the the past seven years. Um, I think the first year we had less than uh, 900, and that's grown anywhere in the past couple of years from uh, 1,500 to 1,700 to close to uh, 2,000. And before today's ribbon was cut, uh, how many tickets had you pre-sold for folks who were going to show up? Oh, well over well over a thousand plus, and we've sold quite a few at the gate uh, this afternoon. So we've got a full house, and not quite a sellout, but hopefully we won't run out of beer. That's that's always the thing that I worry about most is running out of beer. Uh, so we calculate exactly how many ounces we think each attendee will drink, and then make sure that we've got enough on hand, because that's the worst thing that can happen at a beer festival is if you run out of beer. That's right. Uh, I always love seeing the uh, attendees walk around with their huge pretzel necklaces uh, so that they have something to eat and cleanse their palate while they're uh, bouncing around sampling the different sure. beers. And it's, it's just cool to see everybody's uh, different getup uh, in preparation for attending the beer f- festivals. They are serious beer fanatics. They truly are, yeah. The, the Gig Harbor uh, Kiwanis Foundation actually started selling uh, pretzel bracelet uh necklaces a couple of years ago and just couldn't keep up with demand that's the um non-profit organization that this uh event benefits every year the gig harbor kiwanis foundation they do some great work out here in the gig harbor peninsula area for underprivileged children yeah we we were gonna ask you about that that's the incredible part of this is that the proceeds benefit kiwanis what's some of the the great work that they do in that community they do a lot of work with young kids and providing uh, used bikes, uh, mentor programs, and uh, several other different programs that uh, help with school lunches uh, and other things like that. That's pretty cool. That How often do you get to say that you can drink beer for a good cause? Well, <laughs> yeah. There's always... There's always a good reason to drink good beer, but having the Kiwanis Foundation involved with this particular event always makes it very special. Speaking of drinking good beer, you recently opened your uh, new taproom on the waterfront in downtown Gig Harbor. Congratulations on that. Thanks so much. Yeah, uh, we finally, after brewing for two years in in Tacoma, the Gig Harbor Brewing Company actually has a location in, in Gig Harbor. Uh, we're right down on the waterfront uh, next to Cancer Brothers Park on Harborview Drive. And uh, we opened up on April 7th, and it's just been going gangbusters since then. We're having a great time. We're really looking forward to the entire summer. And this month is just nuts with the beer festival, and then we've got Memorial Day weekend. And then, of course, the Maritime uh, Gig Festival is the first week, end of June. And we're going to be in the parade this year. It's our first time in the parade, and we'll have the brewery van in the parade, and then I'll be driving the uh, Gig Harbor Brewing scooter behind the nice. van this year. That's all, so speaking of that great beer that you're making, what is some of the stuff that you guys are working on right now? You know, uh, we're having tons of fun uh, creating some new beers with our flagship beers. We're taking uh, uh, a lot of different fruit flavors and making different fruit 
versions of our beer. We're doing black cherry stout, uh, blood orange, giggly blonde, uh, raspberry, silver tide, single hop IPA. So we're getting a, a lot more creative than we w- were doing before, but you have to do that anymore just to create new tastes for people. Like I said, they're just people are really getting uh, used to having a tremendous amount of choices. And so we're constantly working hard to come up with new flavors that just taste great. And these fruit beers that we're creating are just really popular in the summer months when the weather's hot and people are looking for something that's a little fruity. Is that one of the benefits of, of living and brewing in this area is that it seems to be there is so much creativity and innovation that people seem to either inspire each other or push each other to make some pretty amazing things? Well, yeah, the whole brewing community always pushes each other to, to create new things, and everybody's trying uh, completely different things, way different than they were five years ago. It's changed so much in the past five years, and you're right, the brewers push each other. And But then the Pacific Northwest has that type of reputation anyway as being uh, an extremely creative uh, community region, and uh, so we're having a lot of fun uh, with the different things that we're doing now. And Mike O'Hara, our head brewer, who is sort of a, I would call him an old school guy. He, uh, he's he been working in the industry for 15 plus years and, you know, but he's still creating uh, just a lot of really different great tastes and our customers are just loving it. Well, I'll tell you one thing my wife and I have uh, been experimenting with is we'll take your uh, blood orange, giggly blonde, or uh, I'm excited to try the new raspberry uh, beer you just talked about. And, uh, add a splash of the same flavored vodka into it, like a chaser or like a boilermaker type concept. So we could take a shot of the blood orange vodka that we make and mm-hmm. and um, put a shot of that or a floater on top of that uh, blood orange uh, giggly blonde. Ooh, that, and the yeah, that flavor explodes. Let's do that. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> same thing with the raspberry vodka. Just put a shot or a floater on that. And it enhances this uh, the depth of flavor in the beer. It's all natural. And it's again, it's just it's extension of what's happening right now in the industry of trying to be more creative with the various alcohols that are out there and beer-based cocktails, and uh, just opening that up to a whole new universe of consumers. Well, we were just talking about innovation. Look, you guys have already come up with some drinks while we're in this conversation. <laughs> well, I'm excited to watch. I'm excited to watch what happens uh, for Gig Harbor Brewing this summer. They are literally on the waterfront. Uh, in between three of the major docks and Gig Harbor brands itself as the maritime community. It's very busy in the summer for boats coming in, hanging on the harbor, uh, mooring up, walking throughout downtown. And I can tell you right now that uh, anybody who's making plans to be on their boat and to go to Gig Harbor anytime this summer, Gig Harbor Brewing Company's tap room is uh, should be right at the top of your list uh, to visit, get some samples, buy some beer to go, uh, and enjoy yourself uh, responsibly. It's It's a tremendous atmosphere, and they will have a great time doing that. Put that on your summer plans. That's perfect. So if people can't check out the Gig Harbor Beer Festival today, if they can't make it out to Uptown Gig Harbor Pavilion, that's 2 to 5 today, What is how can they visit you? Well, we're we're also in Tacoma. We haven't changed anything out here in our uh, Tacoma brewery, Um, and we have our same tap from open here on South Tacoma Way. Uh, So we have the two locations now, so they can visit us here in Tacoma, or they can cross the bridge and see the new uh, uh, Harbor Tap Room in downtown Cape Harbor and Harbor View Drive. There's so many great reasons to come out here. In fact, we've got a new uh, uh, brew map that shows all the new breweries, like Fox Island Brewing, just opened up their new 
facility out at the uh, Performance Golf Center this past weekend. The hub uh, at Duke Harbor, Harmon Brewery, is out here in Duke Harbor. Then, of course, there's Seven Seas and West Coast. So there's a new map uh, available from the city that shows how to get around to these places. And, of course, Heritage is listed on there as well twice. So uh, people should look for that uh, online uh, at com, so they can actually uh, bike, drive, walk to all these fine establishments that are producing this excellent, excellent product. Perfect. Thank you so much, John. We really appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure. Anytime. Next up on Cast Club Radio, we've been talking about it being wedding season this episode. If you or someone you know is planning a wedding this summer, you won't want to miss this. Heritage Distilling can help. That's next on Cast Club Radio. Welcome back to Cast Club Radio. Thanks so much for being here. Now, in a few minutes, we've got a great wedding-inspired cocktail recipe for you. But first, it is wedding season. And how can Heritage Distilling help relieve some of the pressure of of that busy season? Well, May is the kickoff to wedding season. And you have a lot of May weddings. You've got a lot of June weddings, a lot of June brides, July weddings, and so on. And this is crunch time. People are trying to finish their plans and running into the realities of, of a budget and trying to put together the wedding experience that they want for them and their guests within the budget and in a responsible way. So we have developed a few programs where we work with wedding planners and with brides and grooms to develop with them and for them a signature cocktail for their reception or for their rehearsal dinner. And we do it with a few things in mind. One is ease of use. We want to make sure that the cocktails that we select for them are easy to make and can be done in batches so that it is efficient and it doesn't slow down the enjoyment of their party and the various aspects of their reception. Uh, the second thing we want to be mindful of is being responsible. We want to make sure that the cocktails they put together are such that when the guests enjoy them, they don't get out of hand. And so if you are selective in your ingredients and the type of alcohols you use and how you mix them and you put them together in the batches, you'll end up with a relatively low alcohol by volume cocktail so that people, uh, again, are able to enjoy themselves and not make a fool of themselves. Mm -hmm. That's a good tip I wouldn't have thought of. Yeah, because wedding pictures live forever. <laughs> Wedding pictures live forever. Uh, it's okay to get a little crazy on the dance floor, but you know you want to make sure you're not causing problems uh, all the way up to the end of the show. And uh, you want to make sure too that when you leave at the end of the reception, you get home safely. Absolutely. And uh, you've got good memories, right? And lastly, budget. We want to make sure that the brides and grooms who are trying to do all this planning can make good use of their limited resources and so we work with the brides and the grooms on packaging these things so that they're very cost effective and uh, they don't blow the bank putting together the signature cocktails so if folks are interested more in that they can email us at info at heritage distilling.com and just ask about our wedding our wedding reception party planning support and we will be happy to sit down with them and plan something that they'll be proud of to uh, share with uh, them and their friends and most importantly should have good memories for uh, for the lifetime what's been one of the most rewarding elements of doing that the most rewarding thing is uh, when we sit down with a bride especially who wants to make sure that the party is going to go off without a hitch and we run through ideas that we have 
on how to make these cocktails look beautiful and match the color of the theme of their reception, whether it's the linens or the balloons or the dresses or whatever is going into the look of, of their party, we can pretty much make a cocktail to match that color that is all natural, yeah. that tastes great, beautiful presentation, and most importantly, they're shocked when we share with them our uh, pricing for their wedding plans because you know we were all young at one point we know what it means to have a budget and we want to make sure that uh, they're happy and thankful that we work within their budget to put together what they need to have a, a great presentation a great cocktail a great party and uh, not worry about it take the stress out of planning that part of their reception well i know you you have some great products too i made it over to the heritage distilling grand opening in ballard this weekend and i was i was wanting to shop and buy everything some of the the products you're selling there are awesome too just outside of the actual alcohol itself so i'm sure you have some great ideas for favors for them to give their guests for their wedding too we do we work with uh, some of our suppliers and vendors on coming up with interesting party favors that can have their name on them again they're reasonably priced in terms of budget. They're fairly easy to, to get a hold of and put together. And uh, they will not take a lot of time to put together into the party favor, party favor packet because with so many things coming together at the very end, the last thing you need to worry about is whether you're going to tie uh, 300 of these little handouts together with all the gifts. You don't have time for that. You want it to be a little easier, quicker, and, and focus on more important things. Well, in the meantime, we have a great cocktail recipe that people can try this weekend, whether they are going to watch the royal upcoming wedding, inspired by that, but also just sounds pretty delicious to enjoy in all this nice warm weather we've been having. Yeah, the cocktail of the week this week in honor of the wedding of the prince and uh, Meghan Markle is the traditional Negroni. They are both fans of the Negroni, uh, according to press reports, and the Negroni is three components. It's gin, Campari, which is an Italian liqueur, and then uh, Italian vermouth. So the way we start this is you get your your cocktail shaker, put some fresh ice in it, put in one ounce of our Elk Rider gin. This is our crisp gin. It's 94% alcohol, very clean. It's amazing, tremendous flavor profile. So one ounce of the gin, one ounce of the Campari liqueur, and one ounce of the Italian vermouth. Shake it vigorously and then strain it into either a cocktail glass or uh, some other specialty glass you may have if you're gonna have a wedding and drop in a twist of orange peel or a slice of orange. And uh, this is just a very refreshing uh, cocktail served in warm weather that takes gin and uh, puts the traditional Italian twist on it and uh, just a refreshing drink to enjoy all year round. It's a classic cocktail, and I will say it can be a bit of an acquired taste just because the Campari has a bitter note to it. So it at first I wasn't sure that I liked it, but it's become one of my favorites for sure. <laughs> and especially for folks who are not gin aficionados or don't like the flavor of gin, the Campari in the Negroni really helps to tamp down that gin yes. uh, botanical note. And, and this may be one of those drinks that people who were afraid of gin or didn't like gin may be surprised that this is a drink that they enjoy. Plus, it's just aesthetically beautiful and, and stunning. It is. Well, as always, you can check out this recipe. It will be available online at heritagedistilling.com, as well as links to everything we've discussed today. If you're a huge royal wedding fan, you can get those products. You can be all set for Harry and Meghan's wedding. In the meantime, too, uh, you can check out past episodes of Cast Club Radio. They are available also at heritagedistilling.com and cairoradio.com. Just click on the podcast tab, Cast Club Radio. And if you have questions, comments, topic suggestions, or anything else, email us at castclubradio 
at heritagedistilling.com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Cast Club Radio. And of course, don't forget to rate us on iTunes. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a safe, wonderful weekend out there, and we'll see you next week. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Cask Club Radio, brought to you by Heritage Distilling, part of Cairo Weekends on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM. Check us out on MyNorthwest.com to learn more and catch up on past episodes. Cask Club Radio, brought to you by Heritage Distilling on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM.